Hey everyone, it's Brittany, and we're on episode 80. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, everyone, we're going to be talking with Amy Jo today all about her personal brand journey, how she pivoted her business through some different phases, and what she's up to today as she's made those pivots. A little bit about Amy Jo. She's a business coach and marketing strategist for female entrepreneurs. She helps them scale their business by creating a membership site that generates predictable residual income. She was awarded the POP Scholarship from the National Association of Women Business Owners and is a top 30 podcaster herself for her show, The Digital Magic Podcast. And I'm going to add this little proviso here. This show was recorded well before the virus and pandemic scare that we're all going through right now, while most of us are enjoying self-quarantining and social distancing at home. This episode was recorded before any of that came to be. That said, what we're talking about on this show is perfectly timely for what's going on in the world today. And in addition to that, I saw Amy Jo post on her timeline on Facebook 12 really great things that anybody, whether you currently own a digital business or not, can learn to do from home if you are one of those people who are suddenly stuck without work to do. Let's all make the most of this time and really enjoy learning and becoming better people. With that, on to my interview with Amy Jo. All right. Well, Amy Jo, thank you so much for coming on to the No Like and Dress Show. I'm so excited to be here. I love chatting with you, so it's going to be so fun. I know. We had a great time last time we did this. So for our listeners, I did an expert slot. Yes. You were one of my experts for sure. <laughs> so we did that and we had never met each other. We had never talked with each other before that. And by the end of the time, I was like, we should be friends. <laughs> We're totally friends. We go way back. That was in like November. I know. So long ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your story and then uh, we'll start talking about how you've shaped your personal brand over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So to make a long story short, because it's just been the weirdest journey ever, I feel like. In 2015, I started out in the online coaching space and I actually worked on mindset coaching. So that is how I started working like one-to-one with people was as a mindset slash life coach, I guess you could say, and, you know, really helping them uncover like mindset blocks that were keeping them stuck and helping them move forward. And fast forward to how I kind of transitioned that I I love working one-to-one, like I really love helping people one-to-one, but when it came to scaling my business, that you know, one-to-one, you can only scale so much. You only have a certain amount of energy in the day and a certain amount of time in the week and months, you know. And so things started to shift for me after about two years of working one-to-one where I really wanted to add in different income streams. And so what that looked like at the time was creating courses, creating a workbook and things that I could sell uh, more passively and still create income while at that time still working one-to-one with people. So what I do now is I help other people make that transition as well. So going from one-to-ones into digital products. And um, now what that looks like is helping people transition into selling courses and and membership sites are kind of my passions now and, and really helping them scale their business in a way that doesn't drain them, doesn't burn them out, isn't stressful and frees up their time. 
Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. You said that you love working with people one-to-one and then you started out in the life coaching and mindset realm. And I like to gently make fun of life coaching as a title, not the act of doing it. I think the act of doing it is incredibly important. But, you know, so many quote unquote life coaches that I meet online don't know how to talk about what they do in a way that's actually sellable. Because the reality is all of us are living. I mean, so therefore, you know, we all have a life. We all right. have problems. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's right. such a vague thing. And I'd love to know when you were first starting and, and learning the business ropes, just, you know, the entrepreneurial journey as you were creating this business, how did you set yourself apart? Oh, I love what you just said, because I still see that all the time, you know, whether or not they call themselves a life coach or not, but the more vague marketing, I guess you could say, like, I help people make an awesome life. That doesn't really tell me anything. So that was something, you know, in the beginning, I didn't say like, I'm a life coach. And this is what I do. I focused more on like the mindset blocks that I helped people uncover. And you know, being more, more specific as far as like what that looked like. And, you know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, everyone has a different mindset. Everyone has a different mindset block. And that is true. And what I find is, you know, once you kind of nail your messaging, as far as like what you want to talk about, who you want to serve, what that looks like, you know, your messaging can be specific. And then the, the right people who are meant for you will come to you anyways, if that makes sense, you know, and ever since then, like I've always talked about working with women, but I still have men who want to work with me, you know? So it's, I think a lot of people keep it vague thinking that they'll be able to serve more people and make more money when the vagueness is, you know, you're not really talking to anyone specific, if that makes sense. So I don't know, I guess my two cents there would be get more specific and don't worry about losing people or not attracting the masses or, but as far as your original question for, you know, how, how did I kind of make myself stand out in that space is I just talked (laughs) and I know that sounds like so generic, but I feel like my story and things that I have been through are you know, pretty interesting and kind of unique and specific to me. And so for me, the hurdle was like getting confident in sharing those stories and how can I connect those stories with like the people that I wanted to work with. And, you know, originally the people who were drawn to me when I started sharing stories of, you know, feeling small and not feeling confident and not being really showing up in a way that that was like authentic to me. When I started sharing the messaging of that story and really connecting with like the emotion of those stories, that is when people were like, I'm going through that right now. Or, you know, she totally gets where I'm at. And so I think, you know, for me, it was just talking (laughs) and feeling confident and comfortable with the stories that I've been through and knowing that the stories that I've been through are, you know, meant for me to go through them so that I can share and help other people. Yeah, absolutely it shows how much of a process there is in deciding some of these things. Because, you know, back to your point from a little bit ago, you know, there's a place where you have to be specific in terms of your marketing. You know, having a vague message isn't going to attract everyone, even though that's the reason most people have a vague message. And at the time of this recording, my most recent podcast episode is literally titled Ditch Your Ideal Customer Avatar because it's not working for you anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother beast. Go listen to that one if you haven't yet. But, you know, you make a really good point that, you know, you niched down to working with women, but you still have men who want to work with you. And I think the power of a really great 
tight and specific best client is that you have the ability to market specifically and you're still going to attract people along the side of that. I call them shoulder clients because they're, you know, like a shoulder width away in terms of either demographics or in terms of mindset or skill set. And it's not that you can't help them. You're just not marketing to them. And then once they they come into your world and be like, hey, uh, you look cool. We should work together. You have the ability to make that decision without having all these vague messages that are going to preclude everybody from contacting you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love that you gave them a name, shoulder clients. <laughs> I made it up. It's not an official term. We'll be really blunt with that. But I think it gives the visual that people need, right? Yeah, yeah, it totally does. And, you know, everyone talks about like, talk to your client avatar and, you know, one specific person. And, and when we do that, you know, being specific and, you know, having that message that you share over and over is awesome, but you never know who else is watching. And, you know, that's where I'm speaking to women and I'm saying this, 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 but I have other men who are watching and who want to work with me too. So it's not like I'm not, I'm saying like, I will never work with you guys or anything like that. It's I'm being specific about who I'm talking to and the right people again will come to you and, you know, want to work with you. So, and that was a big shift for me in the beginning. It's like, well, like what we just talked about, if I get super specific, then what if I miss this person or what if, you know, feeling like I'm missing all these people when it's it's not that way at all. They're my shoulder people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you decided to make the shift from the one-to-one servicing that you'd been doing to more of a group model so that you can scale appropriately for your life goals, your financial goals, all of that, I would imagine, why is it that you chose to help people in this way, creating courses or memberships? <sighs> I love that question. So you know, the stories that I share are things that I've been through. So how it kind of happened, like how things clicked for me is, like I said, I've been working with people one-to-one for like 18 months to two years, somewhere in there. And realizing like this isn't super scalable. How can I help more people with like a core content basically by creating a course at that time? And so I I created one and I created a little webinar and it was like my first go with it. And I sold a course on that webinar for like 299 bucks. I went to my husband. I'm like, this just happened. <laughs> I just, you know, I it was just like a light bulb moment at that time where I was like, I just sold this thing somewhat passively, you know, through that webinar. I'm helping them when they get what they need from that course, they can take it and help someone else. And so it became this ripple, like in my mind of if I can help this person, then they can help these people, they can help these people, and so on. And so that was super attractive to me as far as like the mass change that could happen with something smaller, like a course or a membership. So I think like that aha was something that was super exciting. And so I just kind of rolled with it. And so when I saw, you know, and I, I'm kind of a tech nerd, I'm kind of techie. And I really like the build of courses and the build of memberships. I really like being like on the inside and doing all those things. And so, you know, doing that for me creating those things and putting them out into the world and having other people, you know, purchase the courses or the memberships or whatever is just, I don't know, it's like the coolest thing. So I guess I'm, I'm attracted to cool things. And I think courses and memberships are cool. (laughs) And so, you know, helping other people create their own courses and memberships within their own businesses and having that, you know, impact more people in their niche, I think is awesome. So that's kind of why I went down this route. So when you made that transition, all right, you you figured out what kind of lit you up and you decided, let's go with this. What had to shift in your business 
to allow for that movement? I think the biggest shifts happen internally for me. I see that with a lot of people. You know, once you make that like internal shift, the direction that you decide to go. So up until like before 2018, I had built courses. I had made, I really loved like digital anything. So I had made digital workbooks and downloads and courses. And then I had my son in 2018. And something about motherhood, man, I'll tell you, has just, it's just, you can't prepare for it. (laughs) And I totally wasn't prepared at all for the shift that would happen in me. Like when I went through all of that, like when I went through, you know, pregnancy and having my son and postpartum and just everything that comes with it, you know, it's just wild and crazy. And the biggest shift happened where, you know, I, I had courses and I had, you know, these other things, but I still wanted to have that connection with people. And so I had joined a mastermind and one of the women in the mastermind was all about memberships and she had her own membership for her own niche. And I was like, that is the coolest thing. Like, I totally get what you're doing there. It's like, you know, people are being served with information regularly, almost like a course, but you still have that ongoing support. That was like a really big moment for me because when I joined that, I was in the middle of newly postpartum and my whole life in itself was shifting into like not being a mom into being a mom. And what does that look like? And being a mom who runs her own business, what does that look like? And so, you know, with my business, the shift that really happened was I had to take a step back and realign my priorities, you know, as a new mom and what do I want things to look like going forward? So that was like a huge pivot for me. It's like, take a step back, how do I want to show up now? How often do I want to show up? How often do I want to be engaged with, you know, my members or clients? What do I want my weeks and my days? And I really had to redo everything and just take a moment and really reset up everything in my mind of how I wanted things to look like going forward. That was like a really big shift that had to happen was, I guess, identifying that I needed to take that step back and see, hold up, where are we going now? Because everything in life has just shifted for me. So when you did that step back, and I'm going to preface this question by explaining, I've gone through this twice now. Obviously, I've had two kids, and you'd think I would have been prepared the second time, but no, no, I was not. Every journey is so different. I don't know how you can prepare, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, I went through the same thing. I had took a, a giant step back, and then when I decided to like come back to my business, so many things changed because... One, in part, my goals had changed, and two, I had changed, and my life just looked very different. So my needs and offerings as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, had also changed. So that's the perspective from which I'm bringing this question to you. But when you took that step back, did you have any negative feelings around taking the step back? Anything like feeling like you were a failure for not figuring out right away, or maybe, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but maybe feeling like, you know, you weren't carrying your weight financially while you took that step back? Like, what were the things you went through that you had to move past? Yeah, it's a word that drives me insane. And it was the word that I couldn't get out of my head when all of this was happening was the word should. And I tried, you know, while I was pregnant, I was like, this is what I need to do to prepare. This is going to set everything up. This is going to be great. La la la. And then I you know, had my son and, you know, the birth and the the recovery didn't go as planned. Like nothing ever goes as planned, you know? And like we just mentioned, how can you plan? You just never know. And so after all of that, like when I was recovering and postpartum and all that stuff, you know, the, the word that kept coming up was like, you should have planned better. 
you should have this, you should have that. I should have, you know, just constant in my head. And I would have to remind myself over and over, like, everything is fine. You don't have to put yourself on a hamster wheel. You need to give yourself time to heal. But it was a constant battle of like, I should have been more prepared or being in this space now looking back like, oh, I should have done this and this and this before birth. Like that would have made everything so much easier. But at the same time, having grace with myself and being like, I didn't even know what to prepare for. So, but yeah, definitely, you know, negative thoughts and the shoulds and all of that fun stuff totally was a thing, a thing I had to work through for sure. Yeah, we can definitely should ourselves out of actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing there. I know. What is that? That thing? I don't know. It's shitting. That should word, I'll tell you. You know, I was just talking about this with someone on my podcast as far as when those thoughts come up, like, I should have done this. I should have done that. You know, the mindset game never ends, especially as an entrepreneur. You know, you're faced with, with whatever mindset glitch you might have, you're faced with it constantly. And if if you don't have stuff in your arsenal to really help you overcome that mindset stuff, it's going to keep you stuck for a long time. So I always try to at least have, you know, stuff in my arsenal that will, that I can pull out when I'm having a moment, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a book, whether it's, you know, just inspiring quotes that I can look at, people that I can turn to, you know, my mastermind group has been awesome. I have business buddies that I, that I have on like our little messaging app or whatever. I can be like, guys, I'm having a moment. Talk me out, of it. <laughs> like help me out. And I just think that's super important to always have something in your back pocket that you can pull out when you hit those should moments or if you're having like a rough day, you know, anytime I hear the word entrepreneur, I think of that, I don't know, it's a meme or whatever, where it has like the ups and downs, up, down, and it looks like this like mountain range. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's like the little black and white drawing, right? Great day, bad day, great day. Yeah, that's what I think. And, you know, it's really important when you're having an off day to have something in your pocket for sure. What, I really like what you said that, you know, sometimes you just need to go to your messaging app and be like, hey, guys, I'm having a moment because having that ability to do that is what guarantees that it's not a thousand moments that you are able to just have that moment and get through the feels because you have the support to pull you out of that moment so that that moment doesn't continue on forever. Yeah, exactly. To stop that cycle for sure. And, you know, when we up level, when we do whatever as an entrepreneur, always having, you know, your cheerleaders pushing you forward is super important. Definitely. So I've only ever known you as the entrepreneur who is teaching people about memberships and courses. Obviously, like that's where I I came to know you from. So how has your brand changed from, you know, 2017 when you were still primarily doing one-to-one work to now where you're promoting different things? And first of all, has your personal brand changed? And if so, what are the ways in which you've shaped it along the way? I actually, when we talked about like the shift and, you know, having my son and this whole, like that whole life shift, everything else shifted in my business and my mindset, like priorities, everything shifted. And my business name changed, my branding changed, like everything changed because I honestly feel like that moment, like I changed as a person. So prior to that, when I started my business in 2015, I was under a different brand name. I was under a different color scheme. Like everything was different. And I actually really struggled with it because the brand name that I had, I didn't feel connected to for a really long time, like a really long time, which is sad. (laughs) And I had had this name and I had it for, well, from 2015, right up until before I had my son. So like early 2018, somewhere in there. Um, So I had it for way longer than I should have. 
I made this transition harder than it probably should have been because, you know, I felt like, well, this is what I started my business with. Like, that should just be the name. I should just stick with it. It'll be fine. Is it that big of a deal? You know, all of these things. And I battled that for a really long time. And I think about changing my brand name and then I wouldn't. I would think about it and then I wouldn't. And so when, you know, when I had my son and everything shifted, I'm just like, no, I need to just freshen everything up. I need that new name because I feel like on some level, it's probably holding me back in some way. Like if I'm not super connected to it and I don't have like a brand name that really lights me up and gets me excited, then I feel like I'm just, I'm doing my business and a disservice. And so identifying that and saying like, okay, like I'm going to hit that button, change the name. And with that, which is kind of a waterfall. (laughs) A waterfall effect. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> yes. If I'm like, if I'm changing that, then I really need to identify like, who am I going forward? What does that look like? How do I want to show up? And it's kind of funny because I've always battled like branding colors and, you know, type and font and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, who, like, who do I want to be? I don't know. How, how do I package that? And so I was starting to like look around at my life. And, you know, if we had a video on like this room that I'm in is purple and I have like, you know, purple things on my walls and just like I started to look around. I'm like, why is this not my brand? Like I live it. I wear, you know, purples and, you know, color schemes like that. And so when I made that click of just kind of like looking around and seeing like what is surrounding me anyways, it was just way easier to be like, oh, duh. (laughs) Like, why are you making this so hard? So as soon as the name shifted, everything else, waterfall effect shifted with it. Came right along. (laughs) Yeah, long for the ride. (laughs) Well, like I said, I've only ever known you while you're offering the Digital Magic membership because that's how we connected. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think what you're doing has so much merit. And if more people heard about it, we could start that ripple effect in such a positive way. Mm, Well, thank you. I really love what I'm doing. I love getting people like on board, really the membership track, but the course and membership track for sure, because I think it really has the potential to do a lot in your life and business. And you being an expert in the lounge in the membership (laughs) is super awesome. You're a branding expert, which is great. So your video is in there if anyone wants to learn from you. But the digital magic membership, when I originally created it, I had had a lot of the videos that I pulled from other courses that I had created. So I had a lot of the content kind of ready and filmed a few other like additional training videos before I launched anything. And I got to this place where I'm like, you know, I'm not an expert at Facebook ads. I'm not an expert at branding. You know, obviously, like it took me forever to figure out my colors. Like I'm not an expert at these certain things. So why should I feel like I should be the only one, you know, within this membership teaching? And so that was a shift. We're we're talking about a lot of shifts here today. This is great. So yeah, that was a shift that happened there that, you know, I don't have to build this whole thing alone. So I reached out, I think to, I don't, I don't remember which Facebook group that we met in, but I got connected with all of these other experts, you being one of them, and their expertise is in the membership. And it's just, it's so well-rounded. Like I counted how many countries we have experts from, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But there's experts from like Pakistan and the UK and Australia and just all over the place, Canada and the US, of course. And and it's just, I love like global learning. And so I, that's kind of what I wanted to create because, you know, like I said, I could be an expert at XYZ, but I'm not an expert at everything. And so if I can bring other people's expertise to my members, like why not? Awesome. 
So tell us a little bit about where we can find that. And I'll include the link in the show notes for those of you who are not listening in the car right now as well. (laughs) Sure. So my business, it's herownmagic.com. And then the membership is the Digital Magic membership. It's herownmagic.com slash the dash membership. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy Jo, for being here. Thanks for having me. It was great. All right. Once again, thank you so much to Amy Jo for coming on to the No Like and Trust Show. I meant what I said earlier. This is an interesting time that we're all living in. Let's make the most of it. People like Amy Jo, people like me, we are here to help you if you are trying to figure out what to do online to promote your business, what to do to move your local business more to an online platform, and how to create passive and residual income on the side of what you're doing right now, if not for your full-time income please feel free to reach out to either of us if you are looking for help in this arena. Until next week, guys, stay healthy.